Seals by the Lake podcast. My name is James Strong, joined once again by my co-host Cody Tanner. Cody, how are you this Monday morning? Oh, James, I'm doing all right. I am uh, just relaxing. I have on my Edinburgh Fighting Scots shirt today because it was homecoming this past weekend. I wasn't able to go, sadly. Uh, they played a better game on Saturday than Pittsburgh did on Sunday. Cheers to that. There wasn't enough of this for Sunday, James. There was not enough adult beverages for Sunday. Uh, it was rough. Yeah. But how are you, James? I'm doing okay, man. It would have been a lot nicer to see Pittsburgh at least try on Sunday. Uh, but we're going to get over all that stuff. We're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about what changes maybe they might be able to make to get a better effort going forward. <laughs> Canada. Uh, and then we're going to also give you a little bit of insight as to how last month went for us here at Steelers by the Lake. Uh, you guys have been tremendous in your support. So we're going to give a little shout out to the top countries from last month and also the top states in our downloads last month. Uh, you want to kick it off with the top countries, Cody? Countries, number one, USA, USA. <laughs> That's so weird. That, it's typical. That's what we expect. Number two, the United Kingdom. Number three, Canada. And number four, Spain. So thank you from all yeah. across the globe for those downloads. We appreciate it. Definitely, absolutely appreciate it. Now, the top states from last month, uh, we had Pennsylvania, number one. How weird, I know. Wow. Uh, number two, Ohio getting back into the top five. They've been missing for a while, but mm -hmm. now that the season's going, apparently they're interested again. We'll, we'll gladly take you Ohioans back mm -hmm. on our downloads. Uh, number three, California, been consistent since the very beginning. Uh, number four, Missouri, who's really come on strong this most recent year. Yep. And then number five, your new home state of west virginia wv west virginia not the place for me you know what i'm saying uh <laughs> oh my god <laughs> it's weird. listen all these west virginians and their west virginia university and their their hills and their this and that uh, the, the accents are crazy banjos lots the of banjos ban right? there's a couple of those there's a couple of people that bark <laughs> here um it's it's a wild time for sure uh, but we're going to go ahead and talk about this game, James, this game against the Houston Texans. Uh, inactives before the game was Mason Rudolph, James Daniels, who was out with an injury. That gave Herbig the start. We talked about that. Presley Harvin the third. They brought up Brad Wing to be punter. Gunnar Olszewski, and then also uh, the running back Godwin, Iwebuke, and Braden Fajoko. Those were the inactives for the game. Uh, nothing too crazy there. Kind of what you expect. Uh, minus James Daniels and Presley Harvin. But still, James, mm -hmm. game recap. We sucked. They didn't. End of discussion. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. You know, the first half seemed a lot like what we've seen, I don't know, all season long with the offense barely being able to do anything at all. Running game non-existent. Uh, passing game looking like just complete unorganized chaos. Uh, Kenny running for his life even when he didn't need to be running for his life. Offensive line having all kinds of issues right out of the gate. Uh, just not a great start to the game, man. Not at all. Uh, I will say that when it went into halftime, it was 16 nothing, right? And I mentioned this on Twitter. I said, this is where your coaching staff earns their keep, right? Yep. You got to make coaching adjustments. You can't go out and get 22 new players. Uh, so the only adjustment you can do is coaching adjustments to try to, to get a better performance. And the first couple drives for um, the opposing team, 
They were able to, to force punts in the first couple drives for the Steelers. They had successful drives uh, that finished in points. Only yep. field goals, but they finished in points. And the run game was incredibly effective in those two drives. Uh, Najee Harris having his best game of the season so far uh, and being a huge factor in that. Um, multiple times getting hit behind the line of scrimmage, fighting through it, and then going and getting plenty of yards after contact. Yep, which uh, is so still a problem. <laughs> It's a major problem. He shouldn't be getting hit behind the line of scrimmage. Uh, <laughs> but we would like to see some of that contact happening four or five yards down the field for the first time instead of him getting hit multiple yards behind the line. Yeah. Uh, so I was getting cautiously optimistic as the game turned to 16 to 6, uh, and then the injury started really piling up, and the game got out of control real fast in the wrong direction. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that, but, after those field goals, it was pretty much a turnover on downs for us, and then they got two touchdowns in a row. Um, all happened very quick. I mean, they we couldn't keep the ball. James, here's a, here's a fun fact. Our longest drive was five minutes and 29 seconds on the game, which, which was a great drive, but still unfortunately ended in a field goal. Our shortest mm -hmm. drives for this entire game were a minute and 16 seconds. And then we also had the ball for only 47 seconds on the last drive that we had 47 seconds, eight yards, and we had to punt the ball. Can't do that to Not the defense. Great. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and as much as the offensive production was pitiful, I thought the defense uh, really kind of said, hold my beer. You know, they said, hold my beer and watch what I can do. And just over and over, screenplay over and over, and somehow no one was ready for the screenplay. Uh, quick passes over and over so that the pass rush didn't have time to get there. Yep. Uh, and somehow nobody was ready for quick passes. Uh, Levi Wallace getting beat on every other pass attempt out there. I mean, C.J. Stroud only completed half of his passes. It's not like he completed 80% of his passes and really lit it up. It's just that when – when we allowed him to throw the ball, he just threw whoever Levi Wallace was covering like 90% of the time, and it was an automatic completion. And if it wasn't him he was throwing at, then he's throwing at a Landon Roberts. Yep. And, of course, he's a run-stuffing middle linebacker out there trying to cover Dalton Schultz, who's like strictly a receiving tight end. So, obviously, that wasn't going to work out too well. CJ Stroud. Pete gets torched, too. Yep. CJ Stroud, 151 attempts this year. No interceptions so far. Yeah. He's having himself a, a good rookie campaign so far. And, I'm, and I, again, I wasn't coming into this thinking we were going to dominate against a rookie quarterback. But, man, you'd think they'd show him something different. You'd do something different, catch him off guard. I felt like on top of not being prepared offensively for this game, the defense wasn't prepared to make him uncomfortable. I saw TJ hit him once, could have been called late, and I think TJ just wanted to kind of knock him off his game a little bit, which didn't really work. Um, and as much as I agree with you, with the defense saying, hold my beer, like watch me, there's an aspect of that that's still on the offense. You When you only give them a less yeah. than a minute break to catch their breath and they're constantly on the field, it's just wild. I mean, even the the drive that the first drive of the game for us was four minutes and nine seconds, but it had an interception. Um, you know, the the first drive for them was six minutes. The the second longest drive for them was I think five minutes. Six, another six minute drive for a touchdown. Then five minute drive for a touchdown. You know, they're staying on the field. They're giving their defense a break, and they're putting up points. Something our offense can't do for our defense, unfortunately.
So yeah, major issue. Yeah. Major issue, man. You can't just have your defense out there nonstop like that. And then again, like we couldn't stop the run. Uh, and then the pass plays were so quick that TJ and Alex didn't really have a chance to get in there. Um, zero sacks on the night. That's that doesn't work, man. Yeah. Uh, should have been able to with that patchwork offensive line. You should have been able to get to the quarterback a few times, but in order to do so, the coverage has to be good enough to get time. He can't just be looking at his first guy and just throwing it to his first option because everyone's open. Uh, a coverage has to be better to help the the pass rush out too. So just issues all over the place. And I didn't necessarily think that the pass rush did a poor job. It's just that they had to get there so fast, fast and they couldn't uh, every time. That it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't an option. Unless you were completely unblocked, you weren't going to be able to get there fast. Yeah. Let's break this down like we always do. We'll go down the positions. Kenny Pickett, unfortunately, did get injured in this game, um, but he did wind up being 15 of 23 for 114 yards and an interception. Nothing impressive from Kenny pretty much all game. Uh, there were mm -hmm. There were times where I think that he had players open downfield, but lacked the protection to see them. Um, lacked the ability to have time to, to navigate through his reads and, and find those guys. Um, not the best game from him, but I don't, by, I, don't, I don't put any blame, quite frankly, on Kenny for this. The interception we talked about before the show was kind of on him. It was underthrown. Calvin Austin III was going to smoke Steven Nelson. A uh, little underthrown, got intercepted, is what it is. Kenny's uncomfortable right now, and, I, and I'm, at this point, I'm done playing nice. I blame that on... One, the offensive line blocking, and then two, also the offensive play calling, the scheming, get scheming players open. We're not scheming for anyone to get open on any plays except for running back screens and dump-offs. Yeah. Those are the only plays that we're scheming for someone to get open. That's it. Yeah, it's just generic play calling and the same plays week after week. Steven Nelson bragged about how easy it was to play Pittsburgh because it was the most predictable offense out there. Uh, the coaching staff, uh, for the Houston Texans, all were playing, or they were all coaching for the Niners last year. You think they didn't have some idea what was going to work? Of yep. course they did. That had a lot to do how successful they were. Uh, so it's just very frustrating to see such a, a horrible output. Um, I felt like Kenny just had jittery feet from the beginning, you know, bailing on clean pockets, scrambling into pressure. Uh, and just had a very difficult time with being accurate with his ball placement because of it. So yeah. I, I just felt like it was a, a tough outing for Kenny. His completion percentage doesn't look bad on it, uh, but not enough vertical passing game, way too much in the short stuff, uh, too many dump-offs, not going to work. And then I'm pretty sure yeah, on a third ahead. and four, we, on a third and four early in the game, uh, we threw a pass to Jalen Warner, Najee Harris, four yards behind the line of scrimmage uh, to yeah. try and pick up a first down. That doesn't you, work. It, you can't do – no one else in the NFL does that. And if they do, they don't do it every game because that's what catches people off guard. They're throwing the ball down the field on third and five, third and six, third and seven. And we're throwing the ball horizontal or behind the line of scrimmage, and it's ridiculous. I'm actually getting heated right now, James. Like, my body temperature is rising. And it's a fair complaint because realistically, this team can't run a screenplay to save their lives. 
So when you do that, it's not going to work. Like you can't bank on that until you figure out the timing of a screenplay. And they haven't been able to do that successfully for four or five years. Yep. Uh, so there's so much that needs figured out. Um, after Kenny went out of the game, we saw Mitch come in. His first throw was uh, like an eight yard out, which was actually a pretty nice throw. Yep. His second throw should have been intercepted. Uh, George Pickens made an incredible play on it. He threw the ball where it could only be caught by the defender. Uh, and then the third throw that he had, he, he dang near skipped it off the ground before it got the pickings. Uh, so just what we saw in the short sample size from Mitch does not leave you optimistic on what he can do. Uh, his two completed passes after that were just dump offs uh, to Jalen Warren, which is exactly what he did all preseason too, was just dump it off to the running back over and over. So um, if Kenny's unable to go this upcoming week, I don't have high expectations for what the offense will be capable of doing. Yeah. Yeah. Neither do I, I'm not saying they won't put up points. I'm not saying they won't be able to score, um, but they are going up against a tougher opponent than what the Houston Texans were supposed to be. Um, Baltimore's defense is no joke, even though they've, I mean, they've lost people. They've lost Marcus Peters. They've lost um, certain players on that defense and it's not quite as scary as it used to be, but but their our, linebackers are way better than what way better. Linebackers our, are. our offensive line has That's proven they can't control a pocket. They can't make holes for Najee Harris. They mm -hmm. can't go out and get uh, agility and uh, agile and get fast out on a screenplay. Um, and now potentially down other players that we'll get to in a little bit. I'm very, very nervous for what will the play calling will have to train change drastically for us to be able to score. Cause the way we played yeah. every single game up to this year, play calling, play, like all this stuff, it will not work against Baltimore. And we will have five or more turnovers if we play that game. Uh, it's just not going to work out that way. Uh, let's talk yeah, running backs, unless you want to keep going. Second down, I think, was one of the biggest issues. Uh, in this game, we saw a lot of five-yard plays on first down, which you like that, being in second and five. But then we ended up in third and eight over and over and over. That means second down was failing over and over and over. Yeah. Uh, so we got to, yeah, got to get better at that. Uh, Najee's best game, as we talked about uh, so far, he ran really hard in the second half. Didn't have a lot of opportunity in the first half with pretty much nowhere to go. Uh, but finishing 71 yards on 14 carries, a 5.1 yard average, uh, by far his best game of the season so far. Yeah. Um, was happy with how he played towards the end. I, I'm seeing I'm seeing a lot of people talk about how Najee was overrated, this and that, um, not the right running back for the scheme or this or that. I don't think the problem is Najee, quite frankly. I do think there's certain times where he lacks ball carrier vision and misses some holes and cutbacks, and I think that's because he wants to run downhill and he wants to run so hard. Um, that when the hole's not there, he tries to wait for it. Almost like the patience that Le'Veon had, except the offensive line is nowhere near as good. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't think it's Najee's fault, but my frustration is with Najee is, again, not noticing cutbacks and, and not just hitting a hole, which he's getting better at. And you see how hard and mad he ran in that second half. Um, mm-hmm. He's frustrated with getting hit behind the line of scrimmage. He was a first-round pick, 24th overall, and we can't make a hole for him. We can't get him. He's, we're wasting his talent. We're wasting 
so much by just bad blocking and bad play calling, bad scheming, whatever you want to do. If if the if the guys can't block the way they're supposed to up front, pull in, bring in another offensive lineman, which we it's gonna be hard to do now with certain people starting. Um, bring in Darnell <laughs> Washington, you know, bring in guys that can help block. Go out there with a fully loaded offensive line or an offensive front and just run the ball down their throat. I feel like we're trying to trick people into thinking we're not going to run when we always run. It's just like, I don't even get it. I don't get it. I'm sorry. That was a little rant. Anyways, let's continue. No, no, it's a fair rant though, man. Um, the singular jet sweep run in this game, I thought was run effectively. And I thought it was because of the timing last week. We talked about how jet sweeps were not being effective because they weren't running them until later on in the game. Mm -hmm. uh, they ran this one early in the game and it was successful because they got five yards. Off. Yeah. And then never uh, went back to it. <laughs> and even, then never even for again play the rest action. of the game. Yeah. Yeah. It's not how that's so, going to work. No. And it's so weird because the Matt Canada typically has all kinds of jet sweep motions and whatnot going on. And it seems like he's getting away from even that. Uh, so and that's something that made his offense successful when it was successful in previous years. Yeah. That, that jet sweep and the fear of that being broken for a long play holds the middle linebackers in place, which allows the running back to actually have somewhere to go. Um, so yeah, just poor execution. The worst, the only worst execution than that would have been, uh, with the passing game when you're leading receiver yardage wise is your running back off of one catch. You got a problem. Yeah. That, Najee with one catch for 32 yards. And it's basically all run after catch in the situation, right? Yep. Um, how is he leading the whole team? Oh, and then your number two receiver, Jalen Warren, six catches, 26 yards. Like, what are we doing here? It's because you're not throwing the ball downfield, James. That's what it is. Yep. That's what's happening. Uh, yeah. So let's talk about it. Uh you talked about the two leading receivers. George Pickens, the leading wide receiver, uh, three catches for 25 yards. Calvin Austin, three for 24. And then Darnell with his first catch for 10 yards. Allen Robinson, one catch for eight yards. This is what kills me right here. Pat Fryermuth, three catches for seven yards. Pat Fryermuth shouldn't catch a ball shorter than six yards downfield. Mm -hmm. And he's just getting hit. That's, like, that's why he keeps on getting injured because you're doing all these stupid little dump off passes where people are just lighting him up because he's stationary when he catches the ball. Yep. You got to get him on the move, man. That's when Pat is most effective is when he catches the ball on the move. He's tough to bring down. If he's standing there stationary, he's just going to get murdered. And that's all that's happening. Yep. And now he's got a hamstring injury that they're saying looks like it might be significant. And if it is significant, hello, that's basically season over for Pat Fry. Congratulations. Yeah. I hope Darnell Washington's ready because you're going to see a lot of them now. Yeah. Um, I don't have anything else to say about the wide receivers. I, I don't think any, uh, I don't think any aspect of their lack of production is on them. Uh, it's, it's scheming, it's play calling. Very it's, little. Yeah. You know, it's all this other stuff. It, it just all goes back to offensive play calling. And yes, I'm calling out Matt Canada because his offense if something's not insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting it to, to different results. And that's what we've been doing all year. And quite frankly, even somewhat from last year for years, um, yeah, for years now. Yeah. So I'm just frustrated with all of that. Um, the, the only bright spot I have in the passing game right now, personally, is they finally threw the ball to Darnell Washington for yep. the first time of the season. 
They saw him catch the ball and then lower his shoulder and get yards after contact and get got 10 a first yards down. on the play. Got a first down. Yeah. Um, just do that on a regular, and he will help move the sticks and sustain drives. Yep. Um, Could have been doing this all year. Could have been doing it all year. You didn't have to wait until Pat Fryermuth got hurt to use him. Yep. Yeah, you had a lot of mismatches, mismatch capabilities, and now they're just gone. So that's just the way it is. Um, Offensive line, we did have an injury to um, Dan Moore with a knee injury. We saw him come out early in the game. Uh, Broderick Jones played. Unfortunately, he's super mad that Kenny got hurt under his watch. Uh, Yeah, and it was the guy he was blocking. But I would argue it was not Broderick Jones' fault because Kenny scrambled right into it. So he shouldn't feel bad about that. Obviously, you don't want to see that happen to your quarterback. Uh, especially on a game that you finally got significant playing time as a rookie. Uh, but uh, this goes right back to the personnel grouping and, and me. My, one of my biggest complaints is when goal line situations happen, Pittsburgh is not physical enough to get that one yard they need, to get that one inch they need, whatever it is, right? So what are you supposed to do now that Pratt Fryermuth is out? That fourth and one happened because you didn't have the personnel grouping to put on the field. Because the only blocking tight end you got left is Darnell Washington. Connor Hayward is like half running back, half H back, not really a tight end, not right? Gonna, He's not going to block a middle linebacker. Pretty much only. Yeah, middle linebacker is his only hope, that or a safety, because he certainly can't block a uh, an outside linebacker, a defensive end. That's not happening, and we know that. I don't think so he's, do do? he's going to block a middle right? linebacker typically your next move then is an additional offensive lineman. But if they've practiced that at all, it's been with Broderick Jones, who is starting at left tackle. Or maybe with Nate Herbig, who's starting at right guard. Or maybe. So Spencer, there's nobody that was healthy. Spencer Anderson could be getting. He could do it. A, yeah, he could, he do, could it. do it. But I guarantee they haven't been using him to that. If anything, it was your top two backup offensive linemen who were both playing the whole game. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, honestly, they need to, in short yardage, just start incorporating extra offensive linemen. Bring an extra offensive tackle and an extra guard out there and just just go seven offensive linemen, and then you're going to start converting some of this stuff. Put, put, put Isaiah Loudermilk out there for all I care. J.J. Yeah, Watt somebody. did it. J.J. Watt's caught touchdowns because of those plays because you, you get used to seeing a defensive lineman or another, an extra offensive lineman come out there and blocking and all this stuff, and and then you get – them to think you're running and then you can be trick. Like you can pull some trickery out of that. Like everything we're doing mm-hmm. is so bland and basic that there's even bland and basic trickery like that, that we're not doing because we're that bland. I don't, no. I don't even know. Um, offensive line. We yeah. talked about those injuries. The offensive line struggled all day long. Again, like I said, pass blocking, run blocking. They can make holes for Jalen Warren. Sometimes he's a smaller running back. Nazi has nowhere to go. I remember seeing Najee get hit like three yards behind the line of scrimmage when he caught, like when he got the handoff this game and still managed to get like two or three yards. And I'm just like floored. I'm gassed. And one of the plays was Herbig getting pushed back. Um, And someone mentioned this before that, like if you watch the Steelers offense on run plays compared to other offensive lines on run plays, there's no forward momentum. They don't push forward. They just try to strategically block and push you out of the way. Let them go downfield. Mm-hmm. Why are they not blocking downfield? Unless it's a pulling guard, no one is going to the second level. No one is going up and, and you know, they're, they're stuck on double teams or it's this, that. I don't understand why we're running so passively. 
Like there's no aggression to our run style. There's no nasty. There's no, you know, we've talked about that all off season. We want to get the nasty back. We want to see some nasty offensive linemen, do the nasty push player players forward, not do this, push players forward, get involved on the, like so, so many teams that I see and their running back gets stuffed like four or five yards downfield. And then three linemen come in and push them past the first down. Like, we don't see that. Our guys barely go pick up. I saw up. it once. I saw okay. it once in this game, and it was Nate Herbig, and he came flying over the pile, and I was proud of him. But, like, that's how – I mean, I've watched the Kansas City Chiefs in, a, in one of their playoff runs, like, pushed Patrick Mahomes, like, 15 yards in a pile of people. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. it, that's, the, that's the mindset. That's the atmosphere we need to get to, and we're not there, and it's crazy. The best offensive linemen in the league do it all, all the time. You think Jason Kelsey isn't pushing piles all the time? Guarantee you he is. Yep. That's why he's been to like 10 Pro Bowls. Like that kind of extra effort goes so far for an offense and for morale and everything. It's just, yeah. Hopefully that's something that Broderick Jones can bring mentality-wise. Maybe Spencer Anderson if he ever gets a chance to play. Uh, but it's not with the current group, that's for sure. No. Uh, let's move to the defense, Cody, and, it's and talk not about some of these better, guys. James. <laughs> I, I know, but I don't want to talk about these morons on offense anymore. I that's fair. Don't. That's fair. Um, Minka led the team in tackles again, which is a problem yep. again. Uh, Elandon Roberts right behind him with 10 tackles. Um, Elandon Roberts again looked overmatched. People running past him on the outside. I think some of those tackles were him chasing people out of bounds and not actually tackling anyone. Yep. Um, just we're not seeing the impact. I mean, really the only impact anybody had of any significance in this game was Keanu Benton forcing a fumble. Yep. yep. So nice to see him actually making plays still, which he has continued to do every time he gets the opportunity. Uh, but outside of him and some decent pass rush from Alex Highsmith, I would give basically the entire defense an F from this game. TJ Watt had zero well. tackles. Yeah. Zero. He had an assist. They just ran away from him all game. Yep. Well, yeah, I don't know what one you're looking at. I got one that, that says he's got one tackle, one okay. assist. But okay. Either way, on, that's yeah. still horrible yeah. for, for our you know previous That means they ran player. away from him all game long. Even even plays and that they ran towards where you him, they double teamed him. Yeah, yeah, that's where you miss Cam Hayward so bad because you can't run away from TJ if Cam's on the other side. Yep. And not not saying anything bad against Alex Highsmith, but he's just not the powerhouse that that Cam is. Well, and they're running inside of Alex. Yep. Uh, so Alex is getting his contained. They're just going right through the defense because Montrevious Adams isn't slowing anybody down. This game for some reason, Armand Watts. Uh, got a ton of snaps over top of Isaiah Loudermilk, which I get the defensive line hasn't been good against the run, so you got to try and do something different. Yeah. But Watts wasn't any better. Uh, Watts was no better. DeMarvin Leal got pushed around a little bit in this game. Isaiah Loudermilk uh, did. I liked, yeah, and Loudermilk, like I was saying, with a, a drastic decrease uh, in plays. And where's Larry Ogunjobi, man? Where's Larry at this season? We're four games in. He's got, what, one sack? Maybe. So you can do the same as last year and get us a sack and a half for $9 million? I don't mm-hmm. like that return on investment. No, no, that's about our ROI. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. The, the secondary was was trash all game. Levi Wallace had a decent breakup early and then just got torched the rest of the game. Um, yeah. Joey Porter Jr., I don't even remember seeing him. That's how 
bad that was. He he played 10 snaps, but again, he's only in the dime unit. Yeah. They're not using him in nickel, uh, and that's a problem. That's a problem because we're not putting teams in a situation where they need to put three or four wide receivers out there. So Joey's never getting on the field because of it. But I think that's going to be one of the changes. I think they're going to run basically the same stuff next week and drive us all crazy. Uh, and then after the bye week, I think we're going to see some wholesale changes. And I hope to God Joey Porter starting with Pat Pete is going to be one of those wholesale changes. Yeah. And a fired offense coordinator, just saying. Um, yes. <clears throat> oh, no, I'm with you on that. I'm over it, man. I've been trying to some of this is decision-making. Some of this is execution. Offensive line not picking up blitzes and giving Kenny enough time to make the correct decision. You know, Kenny getting jittery feet or missing his throws. Uh, but at this this point in time, there's really no defending Matt Canada. Like, some of these calls are just, just awful. And for opposing defenders to consistently keep saying the same thing, this is the easiest team to play against because we know what's coming. Yep. Like, stop it, man. Yep, and I know that Mike Tomlin is loyal to people, and I know that Mike Tomlin and Matt Canada are friends, but at some point you have to – it's a business. It is a business. It's entertainment. Guess what? Right now you're not getting the business done, and you're not entertaining anybody. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's just unfortunate. They're, they're failing in all aspects of the sport at this point. Special teams, let's just get to it because I don't, I don't even want to talk about the defense anymore. Unless you want to talk about yeah, something. Desmond King got to return some kickoffs. He did. That wasn't awful. No, right? it wasn't was horrible. Okay. Uh, Calvin Austin had two returns uh, for punts that he got seven yards as his long and nothing too crazy yep. there. Um, nothing there really. No, I, I thought Brad Wing played fairly well. Nothing too crazy. He had a good punt that should have been downed inside the the five, uh, but we just couldn't yeah, get Miles it. Miles Boykin completely blew it. Yeah, couldn't completely. get their hands on that unfortunately yeah, i mean that's the worst part is that he was right there and got a hand on it but couldn't get it back into the field of play and he should have easily been able to stop it before it got into the end zone just that that was the whole point of miles boykin and james pierre the whole point of them is that they were really good gunners in previous years now all of a sudden this year neither one of them is really making the plays like we're used to yeah uh and Return men are getting a chance to return the ball on a regular. And then when you are in a situation where they're not returning it, you're not there to down it. Yep. Yeah, I don't know what I mean, happened or what think changed. Back to a couple of weeks ago when Presley Harvin had that one that went out of the Did somebody down that? No. He coffin cornered it. Like the, the gunners aren't doing their job like they're supposed to be right now. No, we know we know who's getting driven mad because of that too, don't we? The special teams coach. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. Former. Yeah, former, Danny's going to need more gum. Former, former Edinburgh graduate. Shout out to Edinburgh University. Uh, let's talk about the highlight of the game, man. Boswell, Chris Boswell, two for two on field That's goals. It. 35 was his long. Team. Six points out of six points scored by him. Boz for president. Boz for vice president. Boz for <laughs> offensive coordinator. Boz for everything else. I don't know. Um, hey, Real quick on the Boz thing, I found this absolutely hilarious, and I hope you do as well, uh, just because this has really not been a fun episode because of how poorly <laughs> the Steelers played. Uh, but I saw a snippet from Stephen A. Smith uh, talking, going off about Matt Canada and how awful the offense is, which is accurate. But you do have to at least 
present facts when you're presenting your case in this situation. And he's like, the Steelers offense didn't cross the 50 yard line once in this entire game. Well, how the hell did our <laughs> kicker have two field goals with the longest one being 35 yards if we never crossed the 50? Something don't math here, Stephen A. That I get it. Canada is pretty awful. Yeah, so Canada is awful and he does need to go. Yes. But let's not exaggerate the truth here, man. They had two drives that got down into the red zone and both failed and, and got field goals. But he didn't kick any 67-yard field goals in this game, man. No, no. Uh, let's, let's talk injuries real quick. Kenny, with the knee injury, he was seen walking with no limp today. I, James and I both expect, we talked about this before the show, um, we both expect no matter what, whether it's a severe injury, three- to four-week injury, like whatever, um, or I should clarify if it's, if it's nothing, if it's still like, say he could play this week. I don't expect, I don't, we don't expect to see him this week. Give Mitchell Trubisky the start, let him take the week off and then go into the bye week with that extra, almost full week off and then get ready to play after the bye week. Um, there's no point in rushing there, him back. The rumor is right now that they think that it might actually be just a bone bruise. If that's true, I think there's a chance he plays against the Ravens uh, because there's no risk of re-injury to a bone bruise. Uh, but if there's any kind of sprain of any sort, I think they should sit him against Baltimore. There's no reason to play him. Uh, let Mitch handle that that responsibility. You don't really need to score a lot of points typically against the Ravens anyway. Uh, so um, that <laughs> that would be the way I would go with that personally. Uh, Pat Fryermuth had a hamstring injury in the game. Um, the thought around Pittsburgh right now is that this appears to be a significant one. If it is significant, look for him to go on the injured reserve. Uh, and then if it needs surgery, basically his season's done. Uh, so all we can do is hope that it's not really, really bad. Uh, but that's kind of what they said with uh, the other hamstring. What was it? Deontay Johnson, that it was not, not significant. And then he was put on the IR, which puts him out at least four weeks. They're calling this one significant, so you got to think at least double the time, if yeah. not season-ending for Pat, which would absolutely suck. Yep. The uh, Marvin Leal got whacked in the head a couple of times. Uh, sounds like they're expecting him to be in concussion protocol. Uh, and then Dan Moore, as we mentioned earlier, with a knee injury early in the game and was unable to come back uh, through the entire game. So I think that is probably a bad sign for his availability in future weeks. Yeah, it's not looking good uh, for Dan Moore. It's not looking good at all with that. We'll see what happens there. It's not looking good for Pat Frymuth at this point. Kenny is on the up and up, which is good. Um, Pittsburgh did make a move after this game uh, today on Monday and did waive wide receiver Des Fitzpatrick. We assume, James mentioned this before the show, that he believes they'll bring up Zach Gentry from the practice squad uh, with Pat Frymuth more than Zach's likely. not even on our practice oh, squad me. right now. Yeah. Yeah, he's a free agent, I'm pretty sure. Well, then but I think that's the, the appropriate move is bringing Zach in. To the 53 yeah. uh, and and going from there with the Pat injury. Gentry is going to be the best bet uh, to come in and, and be able to have an immediate impact because he's no, he knows the offense so well. Um, and he's a decent blocker, so you can go back to two tight end sets where you can actually count on both tight ends to block well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, one other thing, James, that I want to talk about, I did get a message. Uh, before the show that I want to talk about, I want your input on, uh, and I'm going to, I'm going to give my buddy a message to Dylan, Sonny, good friend of mine and friend of the podcast. 
uh, said, mm-hmm. okay, if you could say anything to anybody in the whole organization and have them listen genuinely, who and what would you say? Who would you talk to and what would you say? Now, I already th- I've thought of mine up to this point. If you want to yeah. if you want to think of yours, while I say mine, that's fine. Or if you want to share it first, you can. Considering I already know what I'm going to say, uh, that's your call. Um, man, there's two things I'd love to say, but if I can only say one, one thing to one person, one thing to one person, it, the conversation is going to be with Mike Tomlin, and I'm going to request very heavily to Mike Tomlin that he lets the rookie class help this team out. Uh, I think that we could see some real progress from this unit uh, with the addition of these guys. Some of the biggest areas of concern right now, the offensive line not being physical, and F. Broderick Jones known for being a physical, uh, very run-blocking type offensive tackle. Does he need some work on his pass blocking? Sure. But we need somebody to change the tempo up front. Uh, Darnell Washington, I feel, could have a huge impact on the offense if used in the passing game more. Uh, not being used really at all, especially in the red zone. You're seeing Connor Hayward's five foot eleven behind out there instead of six foot eight Darnell Washington, who could just be all kinds of mismatches. Yeah, uh, we're seeing some great impact from Keanu Benton already on the season. Uh, I want him out there more. Let's have him out there for forty snaps a game instead of twenty snaps a game, and see what kind of impact he can make. Uh, I think it's very clear that Joey Porter Jr. needs to be out there instead of Levi Wallace. This rookie class has some guys with some nice ability in it, and we got to let them try, man, because the guys that are out there right now, we already know aren't getting it done. Yeah. Yeah, I think if I could talk to anybody, I would probably also go to Mike Tomlin. Um, and what I would say is take control of certain aspects of your team that I think he he delegates. Um like the off like he he's a professional delegate i'm not saying it's a bad thing um but this offense needs to be motivated needs to give be given a drive and a passion that they just don't have right now and that's your job as the as the head coach to kind of cultivate that and bring that energy and that vibe and if that has if and if if they need to see you have their back and that requires you to make staff moves and get rid of somebody that isn't getting their their job done because again, this is a business and an entertain and, and, and entertainment, and neither of those aspects are getting completed. I want changes to be made. Maybe that was two things. I don't know, but that's what I would uh, say to no. Mike Tomlin. And then that all makes sense to me because yeah. that's basically the fire Canada speech, uh, which is is honestly that's what I was torn between rookie class and fire Canada. Yeah, because uh, I don't think that Matt Canada just has it in him to be creative enough for the offense to really flourish. No, I think he's holding everybody back right now. Yeah. And, um, and I want to share my buddies too. Dylan, Sonny, uh, yeah. uh shared, he yeah, said, he said, uh, he'd go to, he'd go, <laughs> he said, I'm going right to Rooney. If it was up to me. Uh, and he said, I'd ask Rooney, what more does it take to make serious personnel changes at coaches? Why so loyal to Tomlin? He has a problem there. Uh, I'm not saying mm-hmm. I want Tomlin gone, but why all these weak coordinators for so long? Um, and, and I understand that to a degree. You know, since Dick LeBeau, I don't think we've gotten a very, very good defense corner. I think we got a, a good one or an okay one, but I don't think it's like top tier. Um, and then obviously Todd Haley was a me- mess. You could argue some of that was on Ben. Uh, and then Matt Canada has been 
horrendous from the start. I don't think I've ever been even the games where we won last year late in the season, the seven out of eight or seven out of nine, whatever it was, we didn't win impressively. And I still, there was still play no, calling that I was like frustrated play. with. So mm-hmm. I, I, I understand that completely. I, I get loyalty. I understand that Pittsburgh's a loyal team. That's why they've only had three coaches in 30 plus years. Um, I get that, but there's a certain aspect where if the job's not getting done, something needs to be done. So, and I understand the frustration there. Um, I would caution people who think that Mike Tomlin is a bad coach. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm telling you that if Mike Tomlin were to get fired today, 20 teams would fire their head coach and hire him. Yeah. Oh, Uh, he's really highly respected amongst the NFL uh, and when people who are unbiased outside of Pittsburgh list top head coaches in the NFL, he typically makes the top five list. Yeah, I would um, put him in my now, top five. As far as the coordinators, I would 100% agree that the offensive coordinators leave a lot to be desired uh, in the recent years, in the last five plus years, maybe. You know, Bruce, Todd Haley did a pretty decent job. Bruce uh, Arians but, and Ken Wisenhut were off the charts, man. That's why that's why they both yeah. went on to have yeah. head coaching jobs. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Todd Haley didn't do a bad job a lot of points with Todd Haley at offensive coordinator. Uh but the defense, I would say you kind of gotta caution the criticism there because you look at the last six year span we'll use as an example. Five years in a row they led the sacks. In the year that they didn't lead the NFL in most sacks, they led the NFL in interceptions. Yeah. So I would say the defensive coaching has actually been uh, pretty superior to the offensive coaching because they have been elite in certain categories. Yeah, and and that goes it's back to what putting I said. It all together. Yeah, that goes. And back some to- of it's personnel too. You know, like you can't expect yep. them to be awesome in all categories when they've had subpar middle linebackers ever since Ryan Jays and and gone. injury problems and this and that and the secondary's yeah. been trash. Even, yeah, the cornerback room has been awful for a long time. I mean, the best corner they've had in in the Joe last Hayden. five ten years has been Cam Sutton and Joe Hayden. Yeah, and that was Joe Hayden at the end of his career. Yeah. We haven't had an elite corner in 20 years. Yeah, it's been it's been a while. It's Cooper DeGene time. Jeez. Give me Cooper DeGene. Uh, and I'll, and I'll say this. I think it, it goes back to, again, the defensive struggles that we're witnessing are because they're on the field so much. They, yeah. They don't have a that's, break. That's definitely part of it. Yeah. So, again, we would love to hear what you guys have to say. We'll share it on the next podcast. If there was one person on the team or person like coaching staff, whatever owner, if you could talk to and say one thing, what would it be? Comment on this, message us directly, email, whatever you want to do. We'll, we'll talk about it on the next show. Uh, that show will be being recorded on Friday at some point and posted. Not sure the date yet specifically. It's my uh, my baby girl's girl or my baby girl's girlfriend. My baby girl's birthday. So we're going to celebrate that. Um, and so I'm excited for that. So again, we're super thankful for all of you watching and listening. Be sure to like and follow on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. Subscribe and ring the bell. Do it now. It's free. Gosh darn it. And until next time, this is your host, James and Cody signing off. Peace.